calling all aspiring podcasters. This is your sign to start your own podcast because we have just the right tool for you. Before we started podcasting, we really thought that everything would be such a hassle, especially the editing. But we found the best and most convenient all-around podcast tool out there, Podmachine. Podmachine will take care of all your podcasting needs. From audio production, designs, and marketing growth, all you have to do is sit back, relax, and keep creating great content that sounds professional. It's time for you to start sounding like a pro with Podmachine today. Sign up and get a free episode trial. And once you're convinced of how good it can be and how it helped us, you can start for as low as only $49.99 for four episodes in a month. But wait, there's more. If you use our code PHMURDER, all caps, no spaces, you get one free episode credit upon subscribing. Just head on to podmachine.com and let them do the dirty work so you can do the fun stuff and sound like a pro. Podcast Network Asia. This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Shocking, sad, revealing, and deeply researched, PH Murder Stories podcast covers the true account of infamous killings and true crime stories from the Philippines. There's no such thing as questions, just hidden answers. Stay tuned as we revisit the inconceivable crimes that exist. Some listeners may find the following content of PH Murder Stories highly disturbing due to its graphic nature. PH Murder Stories does not condone nor promote violence of all sorts. Viewer discretion is advised. On April 28, 1949, a former First Lady of the Philippines was traveling to her husband's hometown for the Quezon Memorial Hospital's inauguration in Baler. Unfortunately, a group of armed men blocked the 13-vehicle convoy along a mountainous road in the province of Nueva Ecija. A group of 100 to 200 perpetrators fired at a Buick sedan containing Aurora Quezon, her daughter Baby, her son-in-law Philip Buencamino, husband of Aurora's other daughter Nini. Aurora confidently said that the leader of the Hukbalahap the military arm of the Communist Party of the Philippines would not kill her. The Hukbalahap, or the Hukbong Bayan Laban sa Hapon, was a guerrilla movement founded by Luis Taruk that proved instrumental in weakening the Philippines' Japanese forces during the Second World War. But after the country's liberation in 1946, the Hukbalahap continued their armed movement. 
and became a communist rebellion force that aimed to bring down the Philippine government. From 1946 to 1954, the Hukbalahap Rebellion was considered a significant challenge to the Philippines' post-war development. Luis Taruk was a Filipino political figure and rebel during the agrarian uprising of the 1930s until the end of the Cold War. He was the leader of the Hukbalahap between 1942 and 1950. His involvement with the movement came after his initiation to agrarian Filipinos' problems when he was a student in the early 1930s. Taruk was influenced by his idol socialist Pedro Abad Santos of San Fernando and inspired by earlier Katipunan revolutionaries such as Felipe Salvador. Taruk joined the Union of Peasant Workers and in 1938, the Socialist Party. The latter merged with Partido Comunista ng Pilipinas as part of the Common Front Strategy. Taruk assumed the role of Commander-in-Chief of the Military Wing created to fight the Japanese. After the war against Japan, the Hukbalahap continued their demands for agrarian reform. Taruk and seven colleagues were elected to the House of Representatives, but the government of Manuel Rojas did not allow them to take their seats in Congress. The Taruk faction opposed the parity rights that the U.S. required from the post-independence Philippines to condition rehabilitation funding. In the next five years, Taruk would give up on the parliamentary struggle and once more take up arms. At the height of its popularity, the Hukbalahap reached a fighting strength estimated between 10,000 to 30,000 members. In the course of the Philippine Constabulary's investigation, Aurora Quezon went to Baler with a sizable entourage. A convoy of 11 vehicles plus two military jeeps filled with armed soldiers. The former First Lady requested for her car to lead the escort, which was one of the security arrangement mistakes. While the party was traversing the Baler Bongabon Road, which Doña Aurora herself inaugurated nine years prior. Her vehicle sped away from the military jeep that escorted it from behind. The designated route cuts a path on the mountainside, which makes it an ideal spot for ambushes. While leading the journey through the mountain slopes, the vehicle carrying Doña Aurora suddenly stopped because the road ahead was blocked by a large group of heavily armed men. Immediately, Major General Halandoni and Quezon City Mayor Bernardo, who was in a separate vehicle, urged the armed men to not do anything because Mrs. Quezon was in the front. Upon hearing this, the armed men fired their bullets toward the former First Lady's vehicle. From the front of the road to the mountain slopes, machine gunfire erupted from at least a hundred men. 
Aurora Quezon, her daughter, her son-in-law, Mayor Bernardo, and eight other people from the Quezon entourage instantly died in the ambush. The rebels had enough time to loot the valuables from the bodies before the military escorts arrived and exchanged fire. In all, 12 members of Quezon's party and 10 of the assailants were killed. Lumabas sa investigasyon ng Philippine Constabulary na halos dalawandang rebelde ang namaril sa grupo ni Aurora. Nung nakita nila, nag-investigate yung mga authorities, nakita nila na parang may mga kulang din. Parang ninakawan nga yung victims. Ayon pa rin sa investigasyon, kinuha ang mga alahas at bag ni Aurora. Marilor, sariyo lang naman ito sa bag. Ayon naman sa librong Assassinations and Conspiracies, ang parehong mga gamit na ito ay natagpuan sa isang operasyon ng pagdakip sa mga hook. Palagay ng aking ina ay yun na nga ang mga, ang mga nahuli ay sila mga tumamba ay gawa ng may naibalik sa nanay ko ng mga personal na gamit na galing sa pitaka ng asawa niya. Mga litrato, hindi ako nakakamali o kung anong personal na gamit. Nanahuli daw ng mga sundalo na na sumalakay dun sa mga mga tumambang sa pamilya ng aking ina at ni Mrs. Kerson. In the aftermath of the assassination, then United States President Harry Truman offered his sincerest condolences and described the incident as awful. Meanwhile, then Philippine President Elpidio Quirino immediately declared a nine-day mourning period. He was seen openly weeping at the funeral of the former First Lady. When he delivered the speech, his voice was filled with emotion. In his remarks, President Quirino blamed the attack on the Hukbalahap, in which Luis Taruk denied. Basically, na shock yung mga tao. I think nobody expected it because although although very active in hooks at that time and nothing threatened ngayon Manila at that time already, walang may akalay na mamamatay si Mrs. Quezon in that manner. Very dramatic, very sudden, unexpected talaga. So very in state of shock talaga. And then the heads of state ng ibang mga bayan, even the Vatican, recognized na tragedy ito. Kasi wala namang, walang political ambition si Mrs. Quezon. Wala naman siyang ginagawang masama. Very civic conscious. Tapos gusto niyang tumulong sa mga tao. Hey there! If you're a big fan of Suits, How to Get Away with Murder, Law School, or even good old forensic files like we do, then the Courtroom Podcast will surely be your next favorite show. Prepare to be entertained, thrilled, and informed as we delve into real-life cases, landmark rulings, and true crime based on actual Supreme Court decisions. Sounds cool, right? Then do check it out after listening to this podcast. See you at the Courtroom! During the funeral of the former First Lady, President Quirino said, quote, The nation is filled with revulsion 
at the ruthlessness and heartlessness of the murderous attack upon them. Mrs. Quezon, the outstanding Filipino of our time, the most gentle of women I have ever known, least expected that she would be a prey to barbarous assault. Unquote. Aurora Quezon was someone that President Quirino had always looked up to, as he did her late husband, former President Manuel Quezon. What made her death even more heartbreaking for President Quirino was that he had strongly advised her to take his plane because he knew that the roads were unsafe. But she refused. President Quirino revealed a day after the attacks, quote, I knew that Baler's route is treacherous and mountainous and suitable to the type of cowardly attacks such as occurred yesterday. For this reason, I had offered Mrs. Quezon the use of my plane. But it became our national misfortune that she decided on taking the highway through one of the few remaining areas where the lawless and criminal still hide from the law. Unquote. Talagang hindi matatawaran ang mga nagawang proyekto at programa ni Aurora Quezon para sa mga Pilipino. Kaya malaking palaisipan sa lahat kung bakit pinatay ang dating unang ginang. It's very ironic kasi yun nga, yung, 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 yung moral standing ni Mrs. Quezon, nag-boomerang talaga yung ambush na yun sa hooks. Ang, 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 ang laki ng backlash sa hooks. Diba? Kasi naging international affair ito. And then the heads of state ng ibang mga bayan, even the Vatican, recognized na tragedy ito. The legacy of Aurora Quezon was vibrant. Apart from being the Philippines' first lady, Doña Aurora was also an active supporter of several political movements. She was among the campaigners who had pushed for women's suffrage in the Philippines, which they attained in 1937. Doña Aurora was also active in supporting the programs of the Girl Scouts of the Philippines. She was instrumental in the Philippine National Red Cross's formative years, especially when it gained independent status from the Red Cross organization in 1947. Doña Aurora projected a regal and austere presence in the public's eyes, but was also gentle and compassionate. A few years later, after Aurora Quezon's tragic death, the Manila Provincial Road the traverses Quezon City to Manila was renamed Aurora Boulevard in her honor in 1951. In the same year, Elpidio Quirino created the Aurora sub-province, comprising Baler and surrounding areas in the adjacent Quezon province. In 1978, Aurora became a separate province. Manuel and Aurora Quezon are the only spouses to have respective provinces in the Philippines named after them. The first major building erected on Aurora Boulevard, the Aurora Tower at the Araneta Center in Cubao, was named after her. Her foremost legacy in education was Mount Carmel College of Baler, formerly called Mount Carmel High School, a Catholic mission school founded in 1948 
by American Carmelite missionaries who came to this town upon her invitation. The Concerned Women of the Philippines named the Aurora Aragon Quezon Peace Awards after her. Aurora A. Quezon Elementary School at San Andres, Malate, Manila is also named after her. On April 28, 2005, exactly 56 years after her death, the remains of Quezon were transferred from North Cemetery for internment in a black crypt beside her husband's sarcophagus at the Quezon Memorial in Quezon City. The re-interment rites were attended by former president Gloria Macapagal Arroyo and the Quezon's sole surviving child, Zenaida Nini Quezon Avancena. While Aurora Quezon suffered a horrible death despite her incredible contributions to society, Luis Taruk, the prime suspect, lived until the age of 91. He died of a heart attack on May 4, 2005. Amid the allegations being thrown against Luis Taruk, he started an investigation inside Hukbalahap. Unfortunately, there has been no documentation or proof of the said reports, besides an interview of a well-known news outlet with the grandson of Aurora Quezon. Ricky Quezon Avancena told the interviewer that he had a brief conversation with one of the Hukbalahap leaders. They told Ricky that the leadership never ordered to kill his grandmother and loved what Aurora Quezon did for her countrymen. Pero mariing itinanggi ng Supremo ng Hukbalahap na si Luis Taruk ang mga bintang sa kanyang grupo. Pinagdiinan niyang sila ay inosente. Kaya siya ay gumawa ng sariling investigasyon. Umabot hanggang sa Korte Suprema yan at meron mga nakundik. Doon na ako nagkakamali. Ngayon ang, ang liderato ng, ng HUK, ng palahon na yun, na kasama si Castro Alejandrino, ay agad-agad nagsabi na walang kinalaman ng liderato ng, ng HUK dito. Ako mismo ay nakausap po si Castro Alejandrino nung siya ay may edad na. At sinabi sa akin, Ricky, Wala kami kinalaman. Mahal namin ang iyong lola. At alam namin ang puso niya ay para sa maralita at sa mga nahihirap. Parang sinasabi ng iba na parang breakaway groups ng breakaway group ng hook yun. Kasi hindi naman inutos. On February 10, 1954, Manuel Manahan and Benigno Aquino Jr., appointed as then-President Ramon Magsaysay's representatives, met with Luis Taruk. After four months of negotiations, Taruk surrendered unconditionally to the government on May 17, 1954, effectively ending the Hukbalahap's rebellion. On June 15, 1954, Taruk met with President Magsaysay and General Yulohio Balao at Camp Murphy, where Luis agreed to a trial. Taruk's trial started in August 1954, where he pleaded guilty to rebellion and was sentenced 
to 12 years of imprisonment plus a huge fine. From 1956 to 1958, Luis was put on trial for the execution of Feliciano Gardiner, Japanese occupation governor of Tarlac, for which he was found guilty and sentenced to four life sentences. He later on filed a petition to then-President Justado Macapagal for executive pardon and amnesty to political prisoners in exchange for support. For the president's social welfare program was ignored. Then-President Ferdinand Marcos pardoned Taruk on September 11, 1968. And Marcos gained the former Hukpalahap leader's support. After his release, he continued to work for agrarian reforms. His struggle on behalf of the poor farmers persuaded local and national leaders to strengthen farm workers' legal rights and led to a more equitable distribution of farmland. In his later years, Taruk claimed to have never been a real communist, but rather always advocated for Christian democratic socialism. He supported land reform, strengthening local small farmers' rights over corporations and hereditary feudal elite. Notwithstanding the crimes that Luis Taruk sustained during his surrender, he never once was charged for the assassination of Aurora Quezon. Up until Luis Taruk's dying breath, the former rebel had always denied that he was behind Doña Aurora's killing. Before the First Lady embarked on her journey leading towards her demise, she told the people that warned her, quote, Taruk knows my white hair. He will not harm me. Unquote. So, was it Luis Taruk that ordered the killing? Or was there something from the past that the authorities missed? We'll just let you deliver the verdict on this one. further updates, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PH Murder Stories. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, PH Murder Stories. If you have case suggestions, please go to our website at phmurderstories.com and fill out the request form at File Your Blotter. Did you like this episode? Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening on other platforms, kindly send us a review on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. You can also share our podcast to your Instagram and Facebook stories through Spotify. We're also inviting you to join our Facebook group, PH Murder Stories The Verdict, and participate in our discourse about true crime, both local and international. 
This group is a safe space for true crime and mystery fans like us who want to engage in thorough discussions about the subject. To all our listeners, we hope you could support us on Patreon. If you're fond of online shopping, you can also help our team earn a small commission by clicking our Lazada and Shopee affiliate links found in the description. Any amount you contribute will enormously help support our team to produce more quality content. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.